Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror, apparently very, very adjacent, <laughs> <laughs> that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is a criminal conspiracy that is spinning wildly out of control. <laughs> Mars! Hello. Hey, girl, how are you? I, I've been having a time, but so has everybody. So, right. true, 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 true. So on the, on the range of comparisons, uh, average, how are you? Yeah, uh, slightly less average. Obviously, it's a stressful time, whatever, but, but it could be much worse. So I've got a wine in front of me. I've got a friend on the podcast. I've got a movie that we're probably going to rip to shreds. This is going to be a good old time. It's going to be a silver lining. It's going to be a time, (laughs) a period time. This will be a thing that we do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I have a warm up question for you tonight. All right. What's up? So this movie we're going to be reviewing tonight is a movie called The Lie. And it's kind of about what, who is lying, what's the lie, how the lies, the lies, lies, right? So, and it's, of course, one of those movies where someone tells a lie, and then the lie grows, and then there's another lie, and you have to lie about the lies, and you can't keep track of all the lies. And I wanted to know if you have ever had a situation where you told a stupid lie, and then had to keep lying to cover up the original lie. Ooh, I'm going to have to think about that. I mean, I my instincts say no because I know I'm a bad liar. Mm. So I just generally don't lie because mm-hmm. I can't even tell little lies without instantly sweating a bunch. Right. I'm just bad at it. I'm so bad at it. The first time my office had a COVID scare, my obviously in separate cars, my supervisor and I went to one of the drive-through test stations Mm -hmm. and she was ahead of me and she went through and they turned her around. So she called me and she was like, because we have health insurance through, you know, whatever provider through work, they said that we can't get the screening at the drive-through. We have to go to the hospital. And I was the next person in line. And she was like, you can just tell them that you don't have health insurance or make up a different provider or something and i was like i can't i'm like hyperventilating my car like i can't do it i can't do it so i get up to the window and the lady's like are you okay and i was like i'm just really nervous and i don't have health insurance and she was like okay go right on through that's what we're here for and i was like oh my god (laughs) so much for cheaters never prosper yes then cheaters always prosper we are lying to our children always cheat but then after that because it registered my phone and I had to get this app where the app would tell me when my results came in and all that. And so every once in a while, I get a phone call from them being like, hey, we know you don't have health insurance, so we just wanted to set you up with some. And I'm like, Ooh. Ooh, digital guilt. I know. <laughs> and as someone who's not a liar, they probably it does pang every Dude, time that happens. Every time I get a text or an email or something being like, hey, we just wanted to follow up because we know you don't have health insurance. My whole body goes hot and cold in the same instant. Oh. And then I just have to cocoon and be like, you're okay. You're okay. They're not going to find you. They can't find you. And what would they do if they did anyway? You're not going to jail. You're not going to jail. This is fine. You're okay. (laughs) (laughs) And all I wanted to do was make sure I wasn't going to spread coronavirus to my grandma. That was all I wanted. (laughs) No good deed, dude. No good deed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like you. I'm a terrible liar. I mean, that's actually not true. I am a terrible liar if it's going to hit my conscience. I lie constantly. To rant to my partner when it comes to to TV shows, movies, and birthday gifts, <laughs> where I will lie because I don't want a movie to be spoiled, or I will lie about if he thinks he knows what he's getting for Christmas, I will misdirect and I lie like it's my I'm getting paid to do it, I or I should be getting paid to do it. I know I've seen you do it regarding something like that, something that's ultimately going to be a nice surprise for someone or yes, something like that. I you know? lie to to make people happy. But I cannot tell a lie to cover up something I did or that will hit my conscience because I have, I feel guilty about everything, whether I did it or I didn't do it. The mere implication that I did it is enough to make me feel like I did do it. I have the most hyperactive conscience on the planet. And so in that case, I probably could lie, but I would be in absolute torment yeah. about it. The price that I would pay psychologically would be so freaking high that I just don't lie. 
Yeah. I just yeah, don't. Yeah, and, yeah. and I and I marvel at people who can. I'm just like, how do you live? I said one embarrassing thing in 1997, and it haunts me to this day. I cannot ever turn the TV off in my home or it will come back for me. No, <laughs> you think I can exactly. live with a bunch of lies? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I looked this up once because I was like, it's got to be some sort of mental health issue if you, all you do is think about the embarrassing things you did because, Uh you know, and then, because the thing is, is it's like, if you try to remember little embarrassing things that other people did and you can't, then likely they can't remember yours, you know? Probably. I read this piece of advice once. I don't believe it, but probably. Here's the thing (laughs) is that the piece of advice said, likely they won't remember it. And I was like, that's not that's not a that's not a for sure. I need a that's guarantee. Not a promise. I need a I need it in written. I need a signed contract guaranteeing. And the thing is is a lot of times these embarrassing things happen around people I don't even care about. Yeah. Literally the only time I think about them is when I'm remembering this this memory. So the fact is that if I don't care about them and the only time I think about them is that they're not thinking about me. You know what I mean? Even if they could technically remember this happened, they would have to think about me first in order for that memory to come forward. And even if they did, do they care? No, they don't care. Right? Fuck, but I can't let it go. So my point is, I'm a terrible liar. The only time I've ever been caught up in one of those lies that spins out of control, I wasn't the person who initiated the lie. I got roped into a lie. Oh, yeah. Actually, that happened to me, too. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you mine. And if you have one, you can tell me yours. So mine was in high school. I had a friend whose dad found a bunch of empty condom packages in the the pockets of their jeans or pocket of their robe. And because obviously she was banging her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So she made up a story saying that she and I were using them, that we were playing with the condoms. And then it spun into a whole story about how we were dating. And then I had to pretend in front of her parents for a short time that we were in a relationship. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And eventually, thankfully, we broke up. And so I did not have to pretend to be this person's girlfriend anymore. But forever, I know her parents think I'm a fucking weirdo over there doing whatever with condoms with her. So. Yeah. What would I mean? Never mind. <laughs> I mean, there are things that you can do with a condom. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure they thought that I was doing those things with their 17 year old daughter. I was also yeah. 17. But that's the thing is, it's like, yeah, I know, but there's a level of creativity that I hope 17 year olds don't have. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, is the worst part of it is I didn't even know about the lie for a little while. Eventually, my friend had to confess because she needed to escalate the situation in order to cover for what was happening but for a while i would go over there and her dad would make snide remarks that i did not understand oh about leaving the door open when i was in there i was just like what dad is weird and then eventually (laughs) she had to be like listen i'm in trouble (laughs) i need your help and i because i can never tell my friends no Had to just be uncomfortable and then never go over there again after it was over. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So that was my roped into a lie that spun out of control lie. How about, do you you think of any? Oh, mine is not nearly that intense at all. I was in high school and just casually dropping some I was super cool points. I was in theater. Yeah. But not just theater, theater tech. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, listen, you're like <laughs> turning on lights and sounds. There is no theater without you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And my senior year, I was the assistant director for one of the plays that we put on. And on my crew were these two sisters. One of them was, I think, the same year as I was, and the other one was a couple years younger. And one day, we're setting up for a dress rehearsal, and the younger sister comes to me, and she's like, hey... I'm going to move my sister's car, but I'm not going to tell her. So when she comes to you, just pretend like it's been stolen. And I was like, nope, can't do that. Won't be able to pull that off at all. And she was like, no, seriously, just do it. Don't ruin this for us. And I was like, oh, and now you're making me feel guilty for not being able to lie. So I'll just avoid the both of you till this is over. So she she moves the car five minutes later. And, you know, I'm I'm trying to organize. I'm trying to get things set up. I've got work to do, you know. Five minutes later, her older sister comes to me in tears. And she's like, someone stole my car. And I was just, and I just went, oh, no, I have some lights I got to check on. And she was like, Aaron, 
someone stole my car. What do I do? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know, buddy. And I kind of just was trying to get out of the situation. And she was like, I just, I mean, okay, I'm calling the cops. And I was like, oh, don't call the cops. And she was like, my car has been stolen. What am I supposed to do? And I was like, please let me leave now. <laughs> Because I couldn't tell You're her. Like, I can't be a witness to a false report. Oh. I know. I was like, I can't let her call the cops because then her sister is going to get in trouble. And also then I'm going to be implicit for not telling the truth. Don't make a false report against you. It's your sister that moved the car. If I tell her that she moved the car, then I'm not one of the cool kids anymore because I told the, I gave up the lie, you know? Oh, no. So all I was trying to that do was exit That is a true teenage dilemma right there. Whoa. And so I'm hardcore staring at this clipboard that I was holding that. <laughs> had nothing on it you know when you fake answer the phone or whatever yeah through the clipboard <laughs> i'm just staring scribbling and i'm like oh yeah no i don't i i um i sorry i got a lot going on right now you know i just uh oh, oh is that like light flipping the... switches moving things on the board lights like, are unsafely scaling the catwalk just like i better just fix that myself with my hands forget tools i'll just i'll be up here moving moving the lights about just <laughs> Don't call the cops, please. <laughs> so I really did just quickly skitter out of the situation. And I found her sister and I was like, you fucking tell the truth now. Because I cannot do this. I have other things to deal with right? aside from your shenanigans. Our town is not going to tech itself, okay? So of course she does tell her sister, like, I moved your car, don't call the cops, whatever. So the sister comes up to me later and she's like, did you know my sister moved the car? And I was like... Oh, I should check on those light cues right about oh now. Oh, my God. The degree to which you got pulled into this family drama, it, it should have been on the stage. And here's the thing. Of all the people in that, you know, in that scenario, the most important, you know, to, to make sure things are going smoothly is the director. And the second is the assistant director. I was up there with, like, I have so much shit I need to actually do. The last thing I need to also be doing is getting the cold shits before your lie. <laughs> I do not need to make a nervous poop right now just because you want me to lie for you. <laughs> you see, this is why we can't be liars. We're just not good at it. I physically react to lying where yeah. it's not even just body temperature. It starts with like body temperature and sweating and then there's ringing in the ears and all of a sudden my body's just like, evacuate everything. We're dying. <laughs> There's a wrench in the gears. We need to restart. <laughs> it's doing a hard refresh on the body. Yeah, basically. It's like something has gone terribly wrong. All of the systems are overheating. <laughs> All of the muscles are clenching up. Something something has gone awry. We better just shut down and reboot. Amazing. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Well, so we would never be able to be in this movie. <laughs> no. I take away from this. But I, I would, I like I would break it immediately. Back to high school to find a lie story. <laughs> Both of them we were fucking terrible at. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So before we go any further, though, Mars, and this one is a bit of a twisty twister, what is our spoiler policy here? Spoiler policy is that we're going to talk about absolutely everything, including the ending and the twist, mm -hmm. and we're going to give it all away. So there is a twist um, I, that I think is – okay, so I'm a little biased on this because I called it before it happened. Girl, so did I. I never okay. call it before it happens, and I knew in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, technically there's a twist. Also, you probably will see it coming. So I'm kind of 50-50 on whether or not it would be damaging to go into this spoiled. Yeah. I mean, it's probably more interesting to watch it happen than to hear us tell it and then watch it happen. But, you know, I don't know. You choose your own adventure. Just know yeah. that we're going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna give it away. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, if you'd rather mm -hmm. watch it first, I would go watch it now. Yeah, definitely. All right, so a little background information on this movie. The Lie was released as part of Bloomhouse's Welcome to the Bloomhouse Anthology series on Prime. They dropped four movies over the course of two weeks. This movie was released with Black Box, Evil Eye, and Nocturne. And there is another set of four coming out sometime in 2021. And, okay, this, this particular 
movie was directed by Venus Sood, who is probably most well-known as the creator of The Killing. And The Lie was actually a remake of a German film from 2015 called Wiermonster. Wiermonster. I don't know. Ooh. Do you like my really good German act? Did you feel like, it was, yeah. were you like, am I an Oktoberfest? Yeah, I was transported. <laughs> I smell, you know... What do they? What do they eat? Wiener schnitzel. Yeah, schnitzel. <laughs> no, that's that, not right. That's it. That's. I don't think that's right. Anyway, so this, when this movie premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, her production company acquired the rights to make an American version, and. In addition to sort of exploring the depths to which people will go to protect the ones they love, Sood wanted to add in some more American elements. And so she added some social dynamics to it in terms of how things are in America, where she changed the father of the missing girl to being Pakistani so that she could highlight the way that the white parents versus the parent of color are treated by the police based on his race. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so like I said, so there are four more movies coming in 2021, three of which are directed by women. So that's exciting. And in that case, they do seem to be this one is not I joked at the beginning how this is adjacent to horror, because as my partner said, when the movie rolled was the lie is that this is a horror movie. <laughs> um, the, the new ones coming out, though, yeah. are actually sound to be much more horror specific. So that is my production information for this movie. Now, Mars, would you mind doing the synopsis for me? I will do that. So we start out with uh, the montage that's supposed to show us every murder starts out as an innocent child kind of thing. Although it was interesting, they actually had footage of Joey King as a kid. Yeah, I was going to say... That, I mean, that was the only thing I could think of that they could have pulled that off because that, I mean, there's no way they would have found a kid that looked that much I like mean, her. It had to be her. She has a very distinctive to, look. It yeah. had to be her. Yeah, which I thought was really cool mm-hmm. that they were able to do that. But basically, we meet this family who's Jay, played by Peter Sarsgaard, who I love. Yes. And love. Kayla, Joey King, who I'm okay on. Okay. I'll add in Rebecca, by, played by Muriel Enos, who I love. Yeah. Did you ever yeah, see yeah, yeah. Big Love? No. Ooh. Okay, so Big Love was that series about the polygamists. Mm-hmm. And she plays twins in it that live. What? Yeah, she plays twins who are twins who live on the, not a reservation, but the, the compound or whatever. The compound, yes. With the fundamentalist plural wife joy book Whoa. kind of yeah that yeah i've been some... meaning i've been meaning to watch that i think I you would haven't. really like it so i so, she was great in that and she was great in the killing which is like i said something that that uh venus who did i loved her in that so when i saw she was in this i was like oh fuck it i gotta watch it <laughs> <laughs> but essentially the story is kayla is being dropped off at her dad's house her parents have separated She seems not the biggest fan of the fact that her parents are dating other people, but she's being dropped off at her dad's house. Her dad can drop her off at a weekend ballet retreat. Mm -hmm. While they're on their way out there, Kayla sees her friend Brittany sitting at a bus stop. Brittany is also going to the same retreat, so she convinces her dad to pull over and give her a ride, where we are given one of the the most awkward things ever, where it, it was just, I don't know. It was one of the first parts where I was like, this isn't working for me. Because she seems so psyched to see her friend, and then two seconds later, it, they're just awful to each other. Mm-hmm. Not even to the point where she realizes, because her, her her sister, or her sister, her friend is making eyes at her dad and being kind of flirty, and then she gets a little bit defensive and weird. But they were weird with each other before that. So, I don't know. They just didn't seem like, right off the bat, was like, these are not the kind of people who would like oh see she sees britney at a bus stop and is like my oh my god you know she seemed way too excited to also hate this girl as much yeah. as she seems to you know yeah. anyway on their way there britney says that she has to pee so they the dad jay pulls over so that they can pee in the woods but they're gone for way too long so he goes looking for them and while he's walking around looking for them he hears a scream and finds kayla sitting on the guardrail of a bridge by herself britney's purse is down below the bridge in the snow and Kayla says that she pushed her. She said that they were fighting and Brittany was being a bitch and she pushed her into the river. So her dad's trying to figure out what to do. A truck drives by and he makes her hide behind the car so that nobody sees her. And that's kind of where we're realizing you're not going to. Yeah. You're not going to handle this the way you no, probably should. No, are you? Dad is not doing it right. Nope. No. So uh, Kayla has asthma and loses her inhaler so jay well i mean i think jay went to go find the mom to be like 
this happened, which, you know, is the first thing you should do in this scenario is leave the crime scene without <laughs> calling anyone. Because that's going to play real nicely later. Not that any of this plays out nicely, but, you know. Yeah. This is this could also just be called series of terrible, terrible, terrible ideas. Yeah, right? Terrible, <laughs> terrible ideas. <laughs> if it's a bad idea, they're like, I jump in. <sighs> yeah. So they go to Rebecca's office. Jay hasn't quite told her yet. Rebecca's just pissed. You know, she says Kayla's a spoiled brat because Jay lets her do whatever she wants. Kayla has an asthma attack, but she's lost her inhaler. So they go back to the house that Rebecca and Kayla live in and Jay goes with them. Once there, Kayla takes a bath. She's kind of acting weird. She tells her mom that she pushed Brittany, mm -hmm. I guess. Anyway, her mom finds out. Her mom's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So they start having that conversation between Jay and Rebecca of Rebecca being like, you did everything wrong up until this point because right. you essentially witnessed a murder. I mean, you were present when a murder occurred and then you left the scene without telling anybody and now we're here and it's been hours. This is not great. Jay is 100% on the like, no, we're going to lie. We're going to lie to get her out of this. This is going to be fine. We're just, we were never there. We never, we were never at the bridge. We didn't even get, she had a, she got sick. We saw you. We came home. That's, that's the thing. Rebecca has kind of a moment where she's like, I'm gonna go look for her, for Brittany. But clearly, I mean, first of all, the water was not that deep below the bridge. If someone fell, you wouldn't necessarily like, oh, well, maybe she floated downstream. You, you're breaking bones. Yeah. Because it's not that and deep. And the water is two feet deep? Yeah. I mean, you're getting super hurt from that fall. And then even if you didn't die, it's been hours and it's wintertime in New York. That's hypothermia. This person is dead, you know, because Jay decided to not go do anything about it, I guess, kind of. Mm -hmm. eh. Yeah. Anyway, and it's been noted that there's a bru there was a bruise on Rebecca's or on Brittany's face. Yes. So so it's we're basically just this kind of standstill where the Jay and Rebecca are. I mean, it's Jay's a hundred percent on the we're not going to tell anyone we're going to lie. This is going to be fine. Yeah. Stance. Rebecca, you can tell that she's she's giving into the we're going to lie. But she's kind of fighting it still. Right. Because clearly she knows firsthand what will happen mm -hmm. if they lie. Or rather, what is already going to happen if they tell the truth anyway. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, Brittany's dad shows up asking where Brittany is because he suspects that she and Kayla are playing hooky because this has happened before. And mm -hmm. we kind of start getting some clues about Brittany, about how once Kayla started hanging out with Brittany, they were out past curfew all the time and they were getting into shenanigans. And so it's kind of painting Brittany as the bad influence friend. Right. But Rebecca lies and says that Jay took Kayla to the hospital and that they're still there. And then they get caught in the lie eventually when they're trying to, Jay suggests that they go to a hotel room and basically coach Kayla through the story of what happened so that when this eventually makes it to the cops, she has this story memorized, which is scary because people do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that happens. But while they're packing up to leave, Sam, Br Brittany's dad, shows up again and everything just, all the lies just immediately, because Rebecca's like, oh, no, Kayla's still at the hospital with her dad. And then Jay shows up and now Sam's like, oh, so is kayla there by herself and then kayla shows up and then it's just well what what the fuck right what is happening yeah i this is where my frustration with this movie starts to build because and i think it's a flaw of the setup of the movie that you can't ever ever be inside what's her name kayla the main character Shoot, i should have yeah. this in front of me you never get to be inside kayla's head she's always a total black box and all I want to do is explore whether or not she's a sociopath. From the minute this is happening, I'm like, why is it happening? And everything right. else, the movie wants us to be invested in the moral choices that are being made by the parents. But all I want to do is is get answers about these breadcrumbs that they're dropping. Like the things about, you know, the bruise on the face or the way that she looks at her friend so hatefully in the car. Like you said, you're like, what, what is happening here? I was like, well, are these hints? Are, does this speak to her character? The fact that she's cutting herself, that she's talking to her dad yeah. about no one looks at her. All of these things I want, this is what I'm interested in. This is where I want to go with this movie. And because of the twisty twist, you never get to do it. Yeah. Well, and the next morning after all this has happened, 
yeah, Rebecca gets up and Kayla's just acting normal. She's just like, oh, should I make eggs? I'm going to watch cartoons. She's not acting like this horrible thing just happened, which is what's tipping Rebecca off that something's wrong, right? Right. Jay's excuse is that she's in shock. I mean, at this point, I already thought I'd figure, you know, the twist, I'd already yeah. called it, right? Randy and but I were both was... like, crisscross. Yeah, this girl wants to go run off and do something and this girl wants to get her parents back together like the darkest parent trap ever right that's that's what i thought was darkest parent trap ever (laughs) but i was like this is so absurd surely it's not right well if you start believing oh it couldn't possibly be the darkest parent trap ever it's more interesting to have kayla be a sociopath right who pushed her friend off a bridge and then is going back to everyday life and maybe is only faking the, oh, I'm so upset about this stuff because she thinks that's what's expected, but she doesn't feel anything. Right. You know, that would have been really interesting, but it's not. I mean, especially as someone who really enjoyed the killing. The first season is all about exploring what would make someone in this person's life kill this girl. And in the end, that is all about what the resolution of the movie or the series is. And it's so satisfying to be like, this is why this person that was in this person's life could do this to her. And we never get any of that, even though there's all these breadcrumbs leading you to think that that is where this is going, except for that that nagging thing in the back of your head that you're like, is this a parent trap situation? Is the girl actually alive? We never saw her body. But I kept wanting to have faith in the movie that it was going to give me some sort of psychological disturbing ending, you know? And... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we get to a point where Sam says he's going to go to the police and file a missing person's report for his daughter. So Rebecca decides to head him off because she used to work at the police station somehow. I'm getting. Maybe she was uh, like a prosecutor. Well, Jay at one point says she used to work homicide. Mm, so she was a so, former police officer. Maybe she works at a law firm but isn't necessarily a lawyer or something. Or maybe she was a. I was a police officer who got a law degree. I don't know. It's anyway. He, I guess it he, doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. So she goes to her old police precinct to talk to some old colleagues of hers mm-hmm. where she basically just tells them, oh, yeah, my my daughter's friend's father showed up looking for his daughter and he was acting crazy. And Kayla says that his daughter had a bruise and I think he's abusing his daughter and, you know, and she's basically just trying to file, get something on the record so that if Sam files a report and somehow drags Kayla into it because he suspects that Kayla was a part of it or Kayla's covering for his daughter or something, that they've got a report already that makes him look like a crazy person. So Rebecca's detective friend Kenji and her new partner or her her new partner I don't know if he's a new partner her partner stake out Sam's house and he comes home early in the morning because he was out all night looking for his daughter and they I mean they're already on Rebecca and Kayla's side right they are going into this already believing that he abused his daughter and that he had something to do with her disappearance I understand the point that you were making earlier Mm -hmm. when you said that they changed the father or the you know the the father and his daughter into a Pakistani family to be able to give the the racist aspect yeah. on this. But it was, I feel it was so clumsily delivered that it didn't mean any, what it was supposed well, to. And the problem you is know? this is a sledgehammer of a movie. There's literally no subtlety in this movie. Yeah. But the problem with that, I totally respect the intention. intention. And I think the problem is, is it's undermined the fact by the fact that she was in law enforcement you do feel like she gets the benefit of the doubt but you assume it's because she was i mean obviously the racing could still totally be a part of it except for that the police officer she's talking to is a person of color and she was in law enforcement and they're friends and they're friends exactly if she was a woman off the street who got this treatment and then he got that treatment Now, there's a comparison where we can go like, okay, I see what is trying to be said by this scene, whereas it's very muddy because of her relation, pre-existing relationship and her pre-existing career. And the fact that, again, Detective Kenji is a person of color. Yeah. And and the personal relationship, you know, she's saying, like, oh, I haven't seen Kayla since she was this tall, you know, and they're Mm -hmm. personal friends. So there were other factors at play that would have put the quote unquote white family ahead of the family of color you know so it was a little yeah. i mean and i get intersectionality is a thing but i think 
to try to deliver a whole message in this one scene doesn't it just doesn't quite land so when i read that i was like oh hmm okay okay <laughs> as opposed to being like yeah i see what you're doing here it was just like oh, especially okay. since detective kenji and detective barnes had that stereotypical good cop bad cop dynamic where detective barnes was antagonizing to everybody right across the board everybody right. he talked to another he would say things, excellent point he would say things that were you could tell were intentionally to get people riled so that they would let something slip right or you know give a little bit more information that wasn't a part of the lie and you can tell that was the role that those are the roles that they played because he always went extremely extremely in that direction whereas detective kenji always went extremely the other direction and that's a tactic that's a thing that we see happen i don't know if it happens in real life but it happens in I movies and tv shows all the time yeah, yeah yeah right i will say need... i would like a spinoff movie about the that not the racist detective the other detective I would watch the shit out of her solving some crimes. I just want to say that for the record. If Hollywood is listening, make a series or a show, a movie about her and I will watch it. (laughs) Similarly, I kept thinking that I want a dark comedy a la Santa Clarita Diet TV show about these parents who just keep killing people. <laughs> oh, but then finding Santa out, Clarita Diet. Gone but then, soon. I know. I know. Ugh. But they just keep. And I see this show progression like the same way where they kill someone to cover a lie, but then the lie is not real. And then they just keep accidentally killing. Not accidentally, but killing people that it turns out the, per, the reason why they're killing them wasn't a real thing you know so it's just the snowball effect of murder <laughs> they just yes. keep killing people to c- cover a lie that never happened in the first place yeah i kind of wish this movie had gone in that direction right obviously at the end they kill someone and then it's undercut immediately but i almost wish they had killed a few more people well, that's what i think the dark comedy tv show yeah. would be like they kill the dad then the daughter shows up so they kill the daughter and then the mom shows up so they kill the mom and then this, the aunt shows up you know and it's just the snowball effect where they're like fuck we gotta kill everyone oh no <laughs> right. god i loved planet clarita diet oh my god when me she too. finds her fish tank of the nazis <laughs> so funny oh my i loved that show me so much too me too <sighs> Anyway. <laughs> it was Timothy Oliphant? Yes, who I oh, love. Oh, he's such a gem. He just showed up in an episode of The Mandalorian, and I was like, ah! I just love him when he, I like, I always forget that he can do comedy so well. He's, I know, because he's such a good villain, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's been kind of hero characters as well, but, but yeah. Nor, you know how I feel about Handsome. Not interested. Handsome right. is not my jam. Timothy Oliphant is the exception. <laughs> yeah. He is the loophole handsome. Normally handsome, to me, I'm just like, "Mm, no, thank you. Hard pass. And what really sold me on the handsome, though, was the funny in Santa Clarita Diet. I think that's a big part of it, yeah. 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 He was really great in, um, what was that show where he was the federal marshal? Oh. Or that show called? Oh, The Crazies. Justified. Oh, The Crazies is a great movie. Is The Crazies on streaming? I just, I I don't think it's a good sign that all I want to talk about is other things. (laughs) <laughs> that's not a good the crazies thing. is a good movie though it is totally underappreciated that's is that rada the... mitchell yes oh i love her so much me too and that scene with the pitchfork mm. oh so the, the car tension. wash oh my god and you know you know how i have if we're talking about types i have a few types you know how i tend to go for villains and things yeah. like that but i also have a type for that skinny trashy maybe is on drugs mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm, of type mm-hmm. his deputy fuck. oh right with the yeah well he has those big gigantic eyeballs and that really scruffy hair and the offensive mustache into it yes yeah why yeah i agree with you on the mustache why why is that a thing i don't know. i don't know i think it's it must be something to do with natural selection or something the mustache must code as virility or something <laughs> It's maybe because I look at people like that and I'm like, you are scrawny AF and still alive. There's something scrappy about you. There's something that will find a way to survive no matter what. The genetics are, we will get through feast and famine. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We will overcome. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think you're onto something here. (laughs) I had a roommate who used to call it meth sexy. She was like, you're into, like, meth sexy, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, God, I hate that term. But, yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let's get back to this movie. Back on track. Where were we? Oh, the weirdly misplaced racism. Yes. So they interrogate Sam, and they talk to Kayla, who then tells them straight up that he used to hit her, or used to hit Brittany. And that he's got a bad temper, and he was always mad at her and all this. So she's just, you know, further selling it. Kayla admits to Jay that that was a lie, that, you know, and so they're just kind of, I don't know, they're just spiraling. It's just getting weird. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kayla's parents are starting to get along, and she sees that, which is where we're getting that dark parent trap vibe. Yeah. Crisscross. Yeah, so now all of a sudden, you know, they're laughing, and Rebecca's inviting Jay to stay over, and they're all in the house again together and all this, and at one point, Rebecca needs to go into the office, so Jay takes Kayla to his apartment, where his band is waiting for him because he forgot about band practice. He's also dating his cello player or something, his... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Were which you Kayla waiting for like. that boyfriend to show up from the airport through the whole movie? Yeah, right? I'm only just now realizing that never, never happened. Never happened. Dude, I was like, he's walking in the door any minute at the worst time, then they're going to have to kill the boyfriend. Dude, and all the times that someone knocked on the door, which, by the way, this movie was hell for the cats. Because every time that doorbell <laughs> rang or someone knocked on the door, it was chaos. <laughs> There's a lot of doorbell horror in this. There was a lot of doorbells in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I will say the scariest things in this movie to me were the doorbells. And that speaks to my own internal panic when anybody r- rings the doorbell. It's weird when someone calls you, but when they come to your house... No, anytime anybody rings the doorbell here, I immediately go to, I'm not answering that. Right? <laughs> I'm not about to get murdered. And then you're walking very softly over to the people, yeah. hoping, I'm like, God damn, why did I have the TV on? I know. If people were coming over, I would have had that off. <laughs> so essentially what happens is Kenji starts getting an instinct that Sam is not response you know that sam was not an abuse she's starting to feel like maybe there's another angle to this she's got the police officer spidey sense is tingling yeah we have a scene where she and barnes drive out to the bus stop where Brittany was last seen according to sam because you know he said well she went to the bus stop to go to this retreat and she's noticing the river and the area around her and barnes is talking to her just very much like i thought you were convinced it was it was the dad what are we doing looking at other angles and kenji's kind of like no 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 i do think it was the dad but i just you know she just very clearly has a gut instinct about something and wants to look further into this. So Jay takes Kayla to his apartment where he's forgotten about band practice. And his girlfriend is there who says she found a purse in his car, but it's it's Brittany's purse that Jay found by the river. Mm -hmm. The girlfriend thinks it's because he's cheating on her. So he plays it super cool and doesn't arouse her suspicion at all. Yeah, no, not in the slightest. <laughs> that was at that point is when I was like, a friend of mine recommended this movie movie to me, where I texted them and was just like, they are the best at not acting suspicious. <laughs> they every every chance you get to be sus AF, they're like, yes, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my god! So the girlfriend storms out, and when Jay leaves his room, he finds out that Kayla has also left somehow kayla has made it from what uh, they keep just calling it downtown i imagine they mean new york city yeah i guess i thought it was portland <laughs> no but even if it was kayla making it on i mean i guess via bus i don't know but she somehow makes it back out to the suburbs where she's walking around and sam finds her and just is like where is my daughter and kayla starts freaking out about it we didn't mean for anyone to get hurt and at this point you and i had both been like mm. Mm-mm-mm. yeah i see the, i see it's coming but this i mean if you hadn't yet this maybe would have been a tip i guess yeah. i don't know kayla runs from sam or fr- yeah from sam who is just i mean extreme i guess is the word i'm gonna go for if they were trying to create a father figure who just thought his daughter was skipping town for the weekend because she's a delinquent and didn't want to go to ballet camp or whatever he's being a real intense about it you know stalking her friends and chasing them down in his car nobody's acting right in this movie nobody can act right he straight up was accelerating his car towards a teenage girl walking in the middle of the street because he thought she maybe knew where his daughter was you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just very extreme (laughs) i know when he was gonna run her down i was like all right dad jesus calm down i get it you're worried about your daughter but just call I get. I don't know. Anyway, so because of Kenji's hunch, she finds Kayla's inhaler 
near the bridge where Kayla claims to have pushed Brittany, right? So they put it, they set up a second meeting with Kayla, with Kayla's parents, where they give them multiple chances to tell the truth and they don't. At which point Kenji pulls out the inhaler, which has Kayla's name on it, which proves, because Jay was like, we were never there. We never, we were never there. She was never there. We went straight to Rebecca's office. That was it. We didn't go that way. And that's when Kenji pulls the ultimate cop move and is like, really? Then how did this get there? Kind of scenario. So now, (laughs) now the lies we've been telling are coming up false, right? So, I mean, this whole movie is a little bit bananas as far as the decisions we're making goes. But this is where it's kind of, you know, this is not a big go big or go home scenario. Maybe it's a cut your losses and see how well you can get out of this. But uh, Jay and Rebecca decide not to go that route. They decide instead to try and frame Sam by burying the wallet in Sam's backyard. And everything done badly. Everything. So badly. Yeah, they're not. I get get that that's realistic, that not everybody is a master criminal. But, but I'm not a master criminal, on. and I. There were so many flaws in this. They parked directly in front of his house. They slammed car doors when they got in and out. Rebecca got out of the car and just stood there under a street light. <sighs> Covert, you are not. Not so much. Not so much. No. And then the fact that they're calling each other to speak out loud words about, oh, I see lights on in the house, but the lights aren't going off. He's around here somewhere, blah, blah, blah. This is a texting scenario. I realize it takes longer, but maybe we don't speak out loud in this scenario. Also, it's winter in New York, and you're going to try to dig a hole in the dirt? Mm. Dirt's frozen, bro. That's <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. So they un- they are unsuccessful with that. They're confronted by Sam, who... Just tries to get answers. In a further act of really good decision-making, Jay almost drowns him in a frozen river. Which, at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, let's uh, pile more murder on this. And then he doesn't. And I was like, see, that's the way you go. But then they quickly follow it up with more murder. So, you know. They're driving away. Rebecca's behind the wheel. And Sam is in the road trying to stop them. And she hits them with the car. And, uh, he dead. Well, I mean, first of all, they watch him die. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly was maybe the most horror thing that happened. You know what I mean? At least I was like, whoa, a little shooketh by the coldness of that. But, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, the, the three of them, Jay, Rebecca, and Kayla are having breakfast. Kayla's made breakfast. Rebecca is just torn up she is upset she is in tears jay's trying to feed his feelings and kayla's just sort of accepting it right she totally is noticing how upset her mom is but she's just sort of like but at least we're together you know she's accepting that something has happened but also seeing the benefit of her scenario in the i think it's the penultimate scene where jay and rebecca are out gonna wash blood off the car Mm -hmm. and that's what they go about doing when Brittany shows up super twist that we both saw coming and it's like oh yeah i just wanted to see my boyfriend and kayla said she'd go along with it and Brittany notices the bloody rag in jay's hands and this was honestly the part where i thought they were gonna murder Brittany, and that's where we were gonna get into the snowball that would have been a choice at that (laughs) point you know you might as well (laughs) yep but then instead rebecca tells Brittany to go home Brittany is shaken she has seen blood. I don't know. I think, I don't know if we were supposed to assume that she made the connection or if she just was shaking because she was witnessing clearly a, a murder weapon. Yeah, I don't know car. that she knew that it was her dad, but I think she was like, oh God, they're cleaning oh, up blood. Something has happened here. Yeah, yeah. So she leaves. Jay and Rebecca go into the house where Kayla confesses and is all about like, oh, I was going to tell you, but, you know, she has a breakdown. A lot of don't leave me. Which I didn't really understand until the very end of this scene where they're all hugging and then we hear the knock at the door. And I think the don't leave me was supposed to be the irony of the fact that both her parents are going to jail now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Roll credits. Roll credits. Which I'm not mad with that ending scene. I mean, the, To be honest, yeah. the way it ended, I kind of liked it. Okay. Good. I, I think... This is a movie that I really wanted to love for like, a many reasons. For one thing, a friend of mine recommended it very highly. was very excited that we were going to watch it. I'm very afraid that they're going to listen to this episode now. And I love Venus Suit. I love P. 
Peter Sarsgaard. I love Morel Enos. I think Joey, I don't really know Joey King. I know she's a great actor from the act. You know, there's, I, I like the moodiness Ooh, have of you it. Seen, have you seen Wish Upon? No. <gasps> Is it good? We might have to do it for the show. I have not seen it and I will not see it so that you can select it at some point. <laughs> It's uh, Joey King is in that too. I'm okay on Joey King, but I really liked her in Wish Upon. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I truly have seen almost nothing. She did a voice in the Creep Show Halloween special. I enjoyed. <laughs> she was good in the <laughs> act. I know that she is. She. I feel like she's a young man's game. You know, what I mean, I'm too old <laughs> to be all in on the Joey King. I can appreciate that she can act. I can't be standing. You know. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wish Upon, huh? Ooh, ooh. This sounds creepy. I like it. It almost sounds yeah. Dubbuck boxy. Is it Dubbuck boxy? Yeah, it's a. It is. Yeah, yes. it's not. It's not a Dubbuck box because it's not of the right culture. But it's the. It's, it's the same essence. Yeah. Oh, I'm about it. I love that. What is that? There's that one that has the Dubbuck box. Oh, what is that? Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. Dubbuck boxes freak me out. Oh, dude. Yes, they're terrifying. They already freak me out. And then remember when Post Malone yes. fucked with one, and then he kept getting all those near death. Yes. Yes, I'm a believer. The Possession, that's what it was called. Oh, that yeah. That was a good-ass movie. Totally yeah. underappreciated. Totally, yeah. So I put in Dubbuck Box, and it's taking me to where you can buy them on Etsy. I'm like, no, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I shall not be making that purchase. I don't care. Oh, no. All of your sidebar ads are going to be for Dubbuck Boxes now. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm about that wish pun. So, yeah, there were a lot of reasons I really liked that. I wanted to like this. And I think there are some really good performances in it. And I think that you're right. That final scene is pretty, pretty solid, especially I mean, because I feel like the actors in this elevate the material. You know what I mean? They're doing the most with what they've got. I think the problem is, and I said this off the top, was that the story that I was most interested in could not be explored in order to maintain the twist. The original version of this movie, the twist comes earlier. You as an audience member know where what's going on before the parents do. So you're watching them play out these things knowing that they don't need to be. And I don't know if that would improve the movie, but I would. it would give you room in order to be able to explore the inner workings of this kid. As much as the mystery of what happened is allegedly the mystery of this movie, to me the mystery always was what is happening in this girl's head is she a sociopath why is she watching cartoons the next day why is she behaving the way she is and i feel like the movie intentionally breadcrumbs you in a way that never pays off it's just in service of trying to make this twist work but so i felt really unsatisfied by it yeah and i felt like kayla's character they gave so much hints to this emotional regression where she's more child, she screams daddy at the river instead of dad, right? Yeah. She keeps sitting, choosing to sit in the back seat instead of the front seat. Mm-hmm. And then she's watching cartoons and eating popcorn, you know? So there are all these aspects of her that were way younger than her actual age. Yeah. And so I thought there were interesting aspects of, well, maybe she regresses to this little kid age because that's the age she was when her parents were still together. There were just so many psychological things that could have happened, but weren't explored that would have made this more interesting. I kept expecting that to be a thing. Something about like, oh, she's got regression issues or something, mm. you know. But then it wasn't any of that, you know, or we didn't talk about I don't know. And it just, yeah, I feel the same way where there were some interesting psychological things with Kayla that could have happened. Yeah. That we didn't get. When the cops show up and they're like, do you know who this person is? Oh, that's your daughter's boyfriend. And they're like, we don't know her. It's introducing this idea like, oh, you don't actually know your daughter. But it yeah. happens and is dismissed so quickly that I feel like it's kind of this throwaway thing and another missed opportunity to kind of add some layers to what they're going through. They basically make this decision in order to lie and they continue to make poor decisions along the way but there's never after they make the decision there's never any moment where they seem conflicted about what they're doing they're upset about it but i i just feel like there's never a moment where they pull back and go like wait a minute where what are we doing here do we actually know our daughter there's none of that internal conflict that i think would have made this a little i don't know would have added something to it i just felt like it was very light yeah for how dark the subject matter was and I know, I know this is way darker, but have you seen There's Something Wrong with Kevin? 
Oh, we need to talk about Kevin? Yeah, we need to talk about Kevin. No, I have not because I think there's animal violence in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Yeah, but what I liked about that movie is that it was that aspect of this mother who loves her son yeah. but recognizes there's something wrong with him and yeah. is trying to figure it out. And that's almost you know, it's almost more difficult emotionally than parents who are willing to cover up a murder right. for their daughter, right. you know? And so that's where I kind of wanted it to go more was was maybe jay is the character who a hundred percent is no we're gonna protect her but rebecca's the one who's like there's something wrong you know right because rebecca brings it up multiple times there's something wrong with her there's something wrong with her and jay gives her excuses like oh she's in shock or she hasn't come to terms with it and then rebecca is just like oh okay yeah probably like the pushback you know? isn't really strong enough yeah yeah i don't know i don't know I need to read that book, I think, because it, everything about that book sounds or that story is really interesting. All the maternal ambivalence, that kind of stuff is interesting. And I know a lot about the movie, but I just haven't been able to bring myself to watch it because I hate hurting, hurting animal stuff. It's not yeah. my jam. <sighs> yeah. All right. So overall, I would say the lie was okay. Yeah. There are things that like the performances and the care and the actors themselves that I really like a lot, but the story did not necessarily work for me. Yeah. I I feel the same way. I don't know that I would recommend it. Yeah. I know there's something that it's like I'd give it a light recommendation or I'd only recommend it to certain people, but I I think pretty evenly across the board if someone were to tell me they were gonna watch the lie, I'd be like, mm, it's all right. I also feel very misled by the whole Bloom House, welcome to the Bloom House thing. Yeah. I was set up a little bit to fail because I went into the movie expecting a horror film and it's more of a family drama. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so I think when you have your expectations are off to that degree, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, where does this turn yeah. into a blue mouse joint? You know? And it never really did. But that's okay. That's all right. It's it's not, you know, the worst thing we've ever watched. No. But indigenous <laughs> at least indigenous is the right genre dude i mean it's been years yeah and we haven't found one that's worse than indigenous yeah oh i wonder what you're gonna pick maybe this will be when it finally happens what do you think to this point i'm actually i feel like a huge success having picked undefeated undefeated, undefeated. <laughs> it's it's not even a shame anymore i wear this with a bag as of, you of pride. should as you should i love that i am the one who chose the movie that is now our Except bar for that you didn't really that's the twisty twist of it all is you thought you were <laughs> right. a different movie i always forget that that's what happened is i thought it was the ruins so funny <laughs> all right all right so if you were gonna watch this movie again what would what beverage would you pair with it? I would pick an O'Doul's that you did not read the label on. Because <laughs> oh, no. you're expecting something and it does not deliver. <laughs> it is a lie. It is a lie. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> and yikes. I know that's a tough burn. I'm so sorry, but I had to take the opportunity. <laughs> live your truth live your truth never apologize <laughs> you know and i know we pretend like i think about these things long and hard and i think about the many associations but i'm most of the time just coming up with it on the fly but my gut is pretty accurate most of the time yeah. with these so right this is an o'doul's that has been in the cooler too long so the label has fallen off it in my head it's the o'doul's that you fished out of the cooler without looking assuming that you were going to grab a course or something gotcha. you know gotcha all right Fair enough. All right. We don't have any emails this week, but for those of you at home who want to get in touch, you can always drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can hit us up over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. We're always hanging around there and would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. All right. So I guess that just leaves what we are going to be watching on the next episode. Mars, can you top the lie? <laughs> oh man the okay. bar is low <laughs> <laughs> okay so i had some other things in mind okay but okay since i mentioned it and you hadn't seen it and i honestly assumed you had that's why i've never brought it up before but the next thing we're gonna watch is on amazon prime it is called wish upon Ooh. it is another joey king flick it's also got Andrew Phil or uh, Ryan Phillippe in oh, it. Whoa! Okay, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the '90s are back. <laughs> I know. 
and it's it's an interesting i mean it, like i was saying earlier it's not a dibic box because it's the wrong culture but it is dibic box-esque adjacent and it's a it's dibic box adjacent <laughs> perfect that sounds great i mean dibic box adjacent sounds like my jam because very few things give me the creeps anymore but for some reason that does i think it's that idea of something being contained and so easily accidentally unleashed oh and that is oh i won't okay i won't say more but i will say because i have seen this before when you watch it stick around during the credits for a little bit okay i do love a post because there is a post credits scene all right okay that sounds fun i'm into a post credit i feel like they should do that more I know if you do it all the time, then you'll expect it, but it's always so fun when it happens. Oh, I know, right? (sighs) Yeah. There are some movies, have you gotten to the point where you have a post-credits spidey sense? Where you can tell the way a movie ends where you're like, there's a post-credits scene. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. 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 Although I've been misled. Like, surely this isn't the, oh no, it is the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm starting to get it because 50% of the time when I stick around the credits, I'm right. But then 50%, I'm like, really? Just credits? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, back when you could still go to the movies, the first thing that would happen when the credits would roll, I'd see Randy pull out his phone and look on a website like, do we need to stay for this? <laughs> oh, all right, we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate it. That is helpful information because I don't want to miss a post credit scene. Especially in the theater. If you miss a post credits on a streaming whatever or even a rental yeah. online, you can figure out a way to go back and see right. it, you know. But if you miss it in theaters, that's, that's it. That's it till it comes out. And by then, yeah. you don't care anymore. So you've really missed, you've missed your moment. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to Wish Upon. I feel like maybe that's one that was under the radar and I'm ready to check it out. I hope it gives me the creeps. Yeah. I mean, I know this is a little bit cheating. I've watched it two or three times. Whoa. Okay. I know. And I just, it's, I wouldn't say it's the golden movie of our era, but I mean, it's, I enjoy it. Is it just dumb fun? Because I'm about dumb fun. Yeah. I do have to warn you, there's a little bit of dog violence you don't see it on screen okay you see the result yeah (laughs) i know it's not great but maybe when you're watching it you can just give me a timestamp. that would be great (laughs) in our podcast doc which i you you've seen it people will watch if they watch a movie that there's animal violence they'll be like rachel at (laughs) seven minutes and 16 seconds there's a dead dog and like yes thank you good job (laughs) i'll put it on and i set a timer on my phone (laughs) <laughs> so i know okay, i'll warn you i can't look and then randy will be I'll like give you okay a it's over <laughs> i'll give you a warning okay. but i mean in the on the upside it's not the kind where you have to hear the sound that is sometimes you know? even worse that yeah i don't right? want to hear yipping i don't want to hear none of that shit because here's what really upsets me is how did they get the recording of that sound yeah you know, I mean, sometimes when dogs play fight, they make those kinds of noises. Fun fact: mm. Did you know that animals understand accidents yes. and apologies because of that? Sound? Yes, you told me that, and it changed my whole fucking life, <laughs> right? Dude. Because now I know I can just apologize if I accidentally kick my cat or bump my cat. I can be like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and they'll know I'm sorry, and they understand that. That is life changing. There are a handful yeah. of times in your life where a new piece of information will literally impact your life for the rest of your life that was one of those moments for me (laughs) where my life was forever changed before i knew that and after i knew that right and it was one of the few times that i was like oh for once slightly less guilty (laughs) i know here's the thing is before i knew that every time i accidentally stepped on my cat or accidentally stepped on a dog paw or something i would do the petting and the oh my god i'm so sorry you okay so i did it anyway so it's not like i just started doing it now that i know that they can understand the apology they've always gotten it every dog paw i've stepped on every cat tail i've stepped on they've always understood that i was sorry that is Seriously, game-changing, life-changing yeah. information. It's lifted a lot of a lot of guilt and pain from because my soul. Because <laughs> nothing is worse than that feeling when your hands are full or something, and I don't realize the cat is in front of me. I accidentally like, kick it or something. Not hard, but hard enough that it, you feel it, and you're just, that sickening feeling you get. 
Well, and now it makes more sense to me when you accidentally step on a cat and it runs under the couch or the bed or something, and then you crouch down and you're petting to be like, are you okay? And then they come right out and they're totally fine. You're like, oh my God, you big baby. But really, it's just them being like, oh, oh, you were sorry. This was an accident. Okay, I got it, you know? Mm -hmm. Good point. (sighs) Yes. I feel like a lot of bad news gets disseminated in these moments where we're exchanging good information. Let's just enjoy that moment. Yes. Awesome. Okay, Mars, I know we're wrapping it up here, but really quickly, for those who in the audience who are on the patrons only feed, you're going to want to stick around after the credits for this one. We're going to be talking about doorbells. I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound very exciting, but you would be wrong because this one, this one's going to be a classic. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely stick around. And if you want to hear this and all of our other extended episodes and bonus episodes and all those goodies, head over to Patreon and, and uh, yeah, become a patron. And then you, you, Join us. Join one of us. One of us. (laughs) (laughs) So next time, wish upon everybody watch it. I don't know if there's twisty twists in it, but we're going to ruin them for you if there are. So watch it first and we'll see you in two weeks. Mars, take us out. Thanks for coming back, folks. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links.